Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Wendy Myers of MyersDetox.com. Welcome to the Myers Detox podcast. And today we have a great show with Magdalena Wizalaki, and she's going to be talking about preventative breast health. We've got a great like just action packed show for you today. We have so much good information on what fibrocystic breasts are, how to address fibrocystic breasts naturally, um, what is the underlying root cause of cysts and benign tumors, cancerous tumors, and tender swollen breasts, and you know issues with your period and PMS. We talk about estrogen dominance syndrome. Uh, we talk about uh, different underlying root causes of this, like toxins estrogenic chemicals like phthalates and plasticizers and, um, you know, pesticides and things that are in our food and air and water and beauty products that we're slathering on our body every single day. Um, we talked a lot about some solutions that Magdalena has developed and also her amazing book called overcoming estrogen dominant, just so much good info on the show that every woman needs to listen to. And I know so many of you listening to this show are very concerned about your toxin load, about your body burden of toxins. So I created a quiz called heavymetalsquiz.com. Takes two minutes to take that quiz and you can determine your you know, relative body burden of toxins. And then after you take the quiz, you get a free video series on uh, you know, how to detox, what that looks like, what are the next steps, answer your frequently asked questions about detoxing your body because that's why you're listening to the show. So check it out at heavymetalsquiz.com. Our guest, Magdalena Wizalaki, is the founder of Hormones Balance Community and Walena Products. Uh, these are supplements made by women for women, and her online platform and products are dedicated to helping women to balance their hormones naturally. She's a published author of Cooking for Hormone Balance and Overcoming Estrogen Dominance. And uh, Magdalena is an endocrine nutrition expert, a certified herbalist, a speaker, educator, and a published author with a long history of her own hormonal challenges. And these challenges include Graves and Hashimoto's disease, which are you know, autoimmune conditions uh, causing thyroid issues and estrogen dominance. Uh, today, she's in full remission, and while sailing through perimenopause, she teaches women how to accomplish the same. So you can learn more about Magdalena and her work at hormonesbalance.com and her line of supplements and women's health products at walena.com. Magdalena, thanks so much for coming on the show. Such a pleasure, Wendy. Always good to see you. You're in the tropics. I'm in the middle of Colorado winter and look at us. Yes, you <laughs> are happy. freezing right now. That's why I'm here in Mexico. <laughs> I like it warm and sweaty. Uh, but, but, you know, talk to us about, you know, why you're so passionate about women's health and about women's hormones in particular. You know, I think women's health in general is very underestimated in many ways. Um, I posted the other day on our forum saying, what's the funniest thing your doctor has ever told you? I didn't want to say like, what's the worst thing? Because I didn't want to go like the negative way, right? So I'm just like, what's the funniest thing? And we had over 200 comments with the most outrageous commentary experience that women had with doctors. So I think that probably answers the question. 
you know, when it comes to breast health specifically, that's a big passion point of mine, because I think that was like the first thing that really got me thinking about what is going on here. And was also the plate the first time I got really, really scared. You know, I still remember, you know, like you, we have moments in our lives when we uh, like we all remember when we were when 9-11 happened. Right. We all remember. Most of us remember when Princess Diana died, like where were you when, you know, and then I think when it comes to finding a breast lump, almost every woman remembers that experience as well, no matter how many years ago that was. I suddenly remember finding mine in a car. I was My boyfriend was driving that time and that time boyfriend. And, you know, and I'm sitting there and, and like everything was going so well in my life. You know, I was just like getting um, promoted to our corporate office, regional office in Hong Kong. And I was going to start traveling and doing a lot more international work. And I had this really loving boyfriend and I was just going to get this raise. There was more money, you know, and, and here I am like touching my breast going like, oh my God, I still remember it was on the left side here. It's like, I think it's a lump. And I had only had one, right? So you go to Google and it tells you if it's one and you don't have another lump on the other side, that could be very much higher chances of being cancer. And then, you know, and then you go through the whole process of how do I get it diagnosed, right? And so then you go like thermography, they tell you it's not reliable, then they push it towards mammogram. If you call, talk to your regular OBGYM, it's going to, has to be a mammogram. And if you don't do it tomorrow, kind of a thing, you're going to die, right? You're really running a risk of, of the, you know, of, um, of higher risk of basically of developing breast cancer much quicker, um, yada, 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 right? And then even whatever path we decide on getting diagnostics, then it's like a two-week wait time, right? And with this comes, like, I feel like it's a volcano of emotions that starts surfacing everything from, oh, I shouldn't have smoked, oh, I should not have, you know, done this and that i should have taken care of myself maybe it's the universe way of punishing me that all these things are great happening in my life but like something has to go you know just hit me on the head imposter syndrome right i had i had all of that and there's almost every woman i discovered today when there is an issue with the breast uh, we go through these kind of emotions and i would just say last thing you know when it comes to specifically breast health since we are talking about that today you know, it's something that um, fibrocystic breast disease has been taken off the charter for doctors to even consider that a condition because it's become so common for so many women. They're like, eh, you know, it's it's so normal. Every woman has it, right? And I'm not saying, and it's true that both that most of women's uh, what benign, uh, most of lumps actually turn out to be benign. There's that's a fact, right? But it's also um, the question, the larger question is, what are your breasts telling you that's happening in the body when there are changes? And it could be a lump. It could be like this horrendous swelling. It could be, you know, there are women, for example, who can't put on a T-shirt, uh, can't put on a bra because the breasts swell so badly. They would stay away from sex. They don't want to be intimate. They can't do any sports because everything is so engorged and is so painful, Right. And we are told that it's normal, right? And so, and that pisses me off big time because I can tell you right now, normal does not make it, um, a common does not make it normal, does not make it okay. It's an early sign that your breasts are telling you there is something going on, I need your help. And it's true that most breasts are not gonna develop into breast issues, they're not gonna develop in breast cancers, but you know, there is, there is this, it's a sign of estrogen dominance, of inflammation, of lymphatic stagnation, 
other issues might show up like in the uterus for example or in the ovaries or in a you know in, 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 in your thyroid right and so this is where you know i feel like early detection and early um care of your our breasts is just so important because they tell us a story yeah because you want to you know listen to your body's cries for help so you can prevent worse problems down the road and it's almost like you know, for a fibrocystic breast, and we'll talk about what that is exactly in a minute. You know, if you present to your doctor with that, there's no medication for that. So they're like, oh, we'll just keep an eye on it. You know what I mean? But for me, eye, or, or, or they put you on a pill. Yeah. 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 And so it's just, uh, I want to be more proactive than that. So tell us like, what are fibrocystic breasts exactly? And why do we need to be kind of aware of this? Yeah, so fibrocystic breast basically. So let's just um, look at the anatomy of the breasts. There is, you know, everybody knows about the lymphatic system, and not many people really know what it is. Our body has lymphatic system, which is like a highway for eliminating trash out of the body. So think of it this way. And there's some parts of the body have more lymphatic system as compared to others. So for example, you know, a lot of us who have, for instance, had our tonsils removed, right? The tonsils start swelling up. That's a huge lymphatic node right in here. But you also have nodes all over. And in the breast are actually highly lymphocytized as well. There's a lot of the lymphatic movement is happening in the breast. So one way um, the breast issues can happen is when the, there is blockages in the lymphatic system. There is also a lot of ducts in the breast that basically start getting swollen. Water, there's a lot of water retention that's, that starts happening there. And instead of, this is when you become really swollen and it becomes incredibly painful because there's no movements of fluids in the breast. The, um, you know, there is, we consider fibrocystic breasts as cyclical and non-cyclical. So cyclical, you might say, oh, uh, I can feel my breast changes around my period, right? So like, a week before my period, breasts become a lot more sensitive, they become engorged, right? And I mean, depending on the severity of it, meaning that if if it's so painful that you can't put on your bra, you can't touch your breast, like that's time to, to address that, right? The worst one is with non-cyclical, meaning that there are women who are constantly have engorged breasts and so and they are swollen all the time. And that's, that's then becomes, it's not a hormonal then issue, but it's more of a stagnation and inflammation happens um, in the breast. So, you know, there's, there is um, a lot of things that we can do in order to move the stagnation in the breast so that, so that the water doesn't reta get retained there. And then we support the ducts in terms of letting things go. Um, and it's also hugely detoxifying for the breast as well. Yeah. Cause I mean, a lot of times people, they get massages and they do different things to get their lymphatic going, but you know, their breasts aren't touched, you know, during massage, this is really important tissue that needs to be massaged and needs to like let things flow. And for me, I have concerns because, you know, like a lot of women, I have had breast implants in the past and had them put in and then like replaced another time. And then I had, a, then I had them removed. And so I have concerns. I have all this scar tissue that may affect uh, drainage and, and the tissue in that area. Luckily I haven't, I don't feel like I have uh, any issues yet in that department, but there are a lot of women that have scar tissue and other things that can prevent uh, yeah. flow and drainage as well. So the same thing, you know, when you have scar tissue, like for example, um, if you had a surgery, right. And the place of incision, there is always a lot of scar tissue, right. 
And it's up to us whether we work through it and massage it and the scar tissue improves or not. I had double hip replacement done four years ago. And I can tell you, I had a lot of scar tissue and then I started working on it. And right now when you, you know, when, when I go for a massage and say, oh, wow, you know, like you don't have any scar tissue left around you incisions. And I'm like, yeah, we'll take a lot of work, but it's totally possible. So yeah, massaging and touching and, um, and drainage, you know, can make a huge difference for sure. Yes. And so what exactly is that the, the fibrocystic breast? Like what, what's going on in the breast when maybe you can get that diagnosis or that label? It's not really a diagnosis. I mean, you know, when, when a woman goes to see a doc and says, look, doc, you know, at the beginning of the month, um, or like in my uh, follicular phase, you know, I, my, I'm, I'm, let's say size A. And then, you know, when I go into my luteal phase, but just before my period, um, my breast becomes, I'm wearing a B or C cup. Uh, bra, so I have to wear, I mean, there are women who have two sets of bras because of that. Mm. And so, so what happens is, you know, in the breast, there is a lot of the ducts. Let me just actually show you the, um, um, the, I have a, I have a photo of a breast. So you can see um, in the, you know, how many ducts there are in, in the breast. And what happens is when a fibrocystic breast happens, there's basically stagnation. Can you see all the ducts mm. also right in here? Yes. There's a cross section yes. of it, right? When there is no movement, when there is stagnation, of the fluids of the lymphatic fluids in the breast um this is when the pain starts happening that's this is the reason why everything gorgeously gets swollen so that's you know that's one type of problem with with breast the other one um that is quite common and and very unfortunate is women developing br uh, lumps on their breasts right so there's different types of lumps. It could be a lump that develops as a form of a cyst where there's actually a lot of water in one of the ducts that just gets stuck. But there's also, you know, lumps that are just purely uh, tissue and most of the time is not malignant. So it's totally benign tissue that starts growing. The major cause behind it is estrogen dominance that causes the growth of those tissue, of that tissue in the breast, right? And so, and it's not uncommon that women have fibrocystic breasts and they also have a lump um, and a cyst on, on their breast. So to get that diagnosed, you know, it's, um, I mean, it's, it's pretty straightforward. I, my preferred way of doing it is to definitely get um, a sonogram done. That's an easy, fast and easy way of doing it. Thermography, thermography, you know, and... Um, let me just maybe mention that thermography and mam mammograms are completely two different technologies. I feel like it's not one or the other. It's like comparing apples to oranges. Thermography shows you what's happening in your breast way, way, way before it becomes a problem. Women who have, for example, like you don't develop breast cancer just like that. It's like one day you wake up, you have a lump, it's a breast cancer. It's a change in the breast that happens months or years a lot of the time prior to actually manifesting as breast cancer. Thermography can pick up all of that. There's changes in color. There is inflammation that's already showing in the breast. And so doing that on a yearly basis is really important because you can catch things really, really early. Um, a really good, you know, and I'll say one more thing about the thermography, which I have learned, in, and I think this is so important, is a lot of women say, oh, you know, I went to get my thermography done, didn't show anything. Three years later, I have a breast cancer. Um the one of the issues to address is that not all thermography centers are really good. It's like if you go into a place that does Botox and also, by the way, thermography, like <laughs> most likely it's going to be a shyster business. OK, 
So go to a person who is really specialized in thermography, who uses high uh, definition, high resolution cameras. They cool down the room. They cool you down before they do anything. They really specialize in that. They don't do anything else. They're truly passionate about it. Um, and run really a, a great giveaway for thermography is when you do make sure they do contrast, but also do black and white the the gray on a gray gray scale because it is really fascinating. I've seen you know photos in thermography when a person had a cup of coffee and gets a thermogram and it shows patches almost like a like a panther kind of patches, which is an indication of estrogen dominance. And then they take the photo again like three hours later after the coffee has been metabolized out of the body and the patches are almost gone. Um, but that's, you know, that's a high resolution, good quality thermography center who can do things like that. So quality is really, really important. Mammogram is a different story. If you already have a lumpy, the history of breast cancer in the family, you know, I think it's a personal choice. It might not be a bad idea to get a mammogram at that point. So, but it's a very different purpose. It's diagnostic versus, um, you know, a, a prevention and observation of your of your of the changes. So, for example, when it comes to a lump, you know, you can see that on a thermography really quickly because it's gonna be start having changes in color, right? There tends to be more blood coming into that space. There is inflammation in that space, and it doesn't have to be cancer. Uh, and there's so many things that we can do. For example, addressing estrogen dominance, massaging the breasts with specific oils, uh, they can resolve that pretty quickly. Okay, great. Yeah. And so can you talk about that, about ways you can address fibrocystic breast naturally? Yeah, sure. So, you know, the, I always like to look at the, um, I always like to do things that like give instant relief because then women like, oh, something is working here. Right. And then, but also looking at it from a long-term perspective and say like, I don't want this to happen again. Like, I don't want to deal with another lump again. But in order to do that, we need to address the root cause of what, what is causing that. So let me talk about like the instant relief maybe first, and then we can, let's talk about the root causes. So the, um, you know, the, one of the easiest things to do when it comes to, when you have any changes in your breast, whether it's fibrocystic breast, whether you've got already a lump on your breast, you feel like just some women um, after having, for example, two, three kids feel like there is always a sensitive area that always hurts. And it's just like something is just stuck there, right? So one of the things that we can do is massage the breast and, and activate the lymphatic system. Do you want me to show you how to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We, okay. we want a demo. So, Okay. All right. Let's do a demo. So here's a demo how to, and this is, um, do you want me to talk this through as well? So people who are not watching yes, the video absolutely. also get it. Okay, so I'm gonna do some uh, prompter. So basically what you do is I'm gonna, um, I'm lifting up my left arm, put it behind your head, right? And so we're gonna be massaging the left breast um, and using my right hand. So think of it, the uh, exit point of all the gunk that you want out of your breast is right up here. And I'm pointing at the place like right above my armpit uh, where my collarbone is, okay? Think of it, that's your exit point. That's where you want everything to be directed towards. So what we're going to start off with, you're always going to start off from the nipple. So in my case, my nipple is right here um, and I'm pointing at 12 o'clock and I'm just going to gently be moving, um, you know, the, the breast tissue out to my to the exit point. And then I'm going to move to 2 o'clock, right? So just slightly to the right and do the same thing. You don't want to press too hard. Because when you press too hard, things get stuck too. So it's good enough pressure. Think of it this way, like you're moving honey through a pipe, you know, through a plastic pipe or so. Um, and then I'm moving over to 
um, to six o'clock and then moving it out. And then, so down below is, is a little tricky. So when you're down on the breast, so right now I'm on like, say, um, this is my, this is, this is six o'clock. Um, I'm going to move it down and then up here uh, this way. So again, it goes up to the exit. And then I'm, you know, and then I'm moving over slightly few degrees to the left and so on and so forth. So basically by that time, you do your, your breast massage and then going back to the 12 o'clock, right? Switch sides, you do this exactly same thing um, on the other breast. Now you can do this early in the morning, first thing in the morning, you can do it um, before going to bed. The, the idea is to get some traction, but not through clothing. So I'm doing this because through clothes, obviously, because we're doing a podcast. But if I was doing this in my private time, I do, I do this in my bathroom. Obviously, you want to be naked. You can either do this when you're taking a shower and you're fully nicely leathered up with some nice, clean soap. So, you know, some like nice Castile soap and not any soaps that have any perfumes and phthalates in them. And, 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 and that's when you can do it. Some women prefer to do it once they are showered and they rather use a cream or an oil. So you can really pretty much use any cream or oil, anything that gives you like that kind of slippery motion that I was showing that I'm referring to. Um, but there is a few, you know, there's a few oils that have like a special efficacy for breasts. Um, one of them is, um, is poke roots. So poke root is a something that for, for those of you who are from the South, you probably know poke wheat, poke salad. Um, so the root itself is something that's harvested in fall and it's then infused into oil. Um, you can buy that on Etsy. You can get it on probably some, you know, some from some medicinal herbal shops. The beauty of it is that in traditional herbal medicine, um, poke root in oil infused into oil has been used for nostalgia. So anything, any kind of women's uh, breast stagnation, but also poke root has this like special affinity for women's parts, including the uterus. So women who have, for example, um, a lot of utero problems. So um, very heavy periods, very scanty periods, or have just delivered a baby and the uterus is a bit of a prolapse of the uterus. There's a lot of pain in the uterus. Poke root has got this like this incredible affinity of supporting women's health. Um, interestingly, if you go to PubMed, if you ask me what's the science behind it, I can tell you right now, it hasn't been studied. Um, so, you know, that's one of, but then it doesn't mean it doesn't work, right? Um, it's been used for, you know, for centuries with amazing results. Um, so anyway, so poke root, if you can get your hands on that, that's, that's a wonderful one. Castor oil is another really great one because it goes deep into the tissue. Not necessarily the best smelling uh, oil, but it's totally totally doable. Um, you know, one that I also like is if you have like pr evening primrose oil or borage, I personally like borage oil, is very high in gamma linoleic acid, GLA. So if you have that as a supplement at home, just open up a couple of capsules. You probably need one capsule per breast. Open it up, put it in your hand, and use that oil to massage your breasts as well. The reason why evening primrose oil is like the great the PMS, you know, resolver is because it is highly anti-inflammatory. It it stimulates and activates the um, anti-inflammatory prostaglandins, and so it's the same way as you know when your uterus is inflamed, your breasts are inflamed. is, is the same mechanism is going to work as well. So, you know, so this is just like some really simple solutions. And if you have none of these, it's like really having, just taking any cream that is nice, that doesn't have any chemicals in it, um, you know, because your breast tissue really absorbs everything. Like everything goes into your boobs. You know, you want to use as clean, 
of our product possibly, um, you know, as, as possible, as much as possible. So that will give you like some pretty instant relief um, on the breast. And then if you talk about long-term of saying like, you know what, um, I just don't want to have another breast lump again, because it was so scary that the diagnostic thing was just so terrible. Then one thing to consider is then addressing the root causes. And there's really three major root causes for breast changes. The first one is estrogen dominance. So that's a hormonal issue, right? Um, estrogen dominance, you know, how do you know you have estrogen dominance? There's a couple of other symptoms that typically occur together with not just breast changes. If you've been having like difficult periods, very heavy periods, scanty periods, you if you are like spotting in the middle of your period, if you're still having a period and you see clumps in the blood, you know, blood clumps um, when you're urinating and it comes out and you see it in the toilet, right? Um, that is like a classical estrogen dominance, but also having women with thyroid nodules, women who have horrible mood swings before their periods. Um, actually, PMS itself, just having horrendous PMS of, in the past when you had terrible PMSs as a woman, you know, that's that's classical um, estrogen dominance. Um, what else? Uh, fibroids. It's a, that's a one-on-one of estrogen dominance. Um, and then you talk about like more, um, actually, let me talk about like the, the visual side of things. So women who tend to put on a lot of weight around the hips and thighs, they tend to be very estrogenic. So like if I put on weight, it all goes in my butt. I'm a typical pair, right? Um, and so, and so women like that will go and, you know, exercise and do all these uh, workouts on the butt and legs and the cellulite doesn't want to go down that you just can't tone up as much as you, you want to. Um, and that's because estrogen dominance is, if you don't resolve estrogen dominance, it's going to be really hard to lose weight down there. So that, that's a one, but more serious on the more serious side of things, you know, estrogenic cancers, right? So estrogen receptor positive cancers will be things like breast cancer, of course, which is the majority of cancers. And by the way, for um, those of you who had maybe progesterone receptor positive breast cancer, that's actually also caused by estrogen dominance because excessive estrogen or dirty estrogen, certain, certain metabolites of estrogens is what, what upregulates your progesterone receptor and that receptor becomes um, then, you know, malignant. And so uh, the growth happens there. So, so again, um, so breast cancer, ovarian cancer, uterine cancer, um, lung cancer in non-smokers in women um, is very much related to estrogen dominance and thyroid cancer and thyroid nodules um, are also. So Wendy, you tell me, who do you know who doesn't have any of those? <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and it's just amazing all of the estrogenic chemicals that we have in our body that are acting on our estrogen receptors. I mean, it's just amazing. In our beauty products, plasticizers that get into our food, phthalates, the perfumes, like just like all of like our the pesticides used on the food. There's so many things that are acting like estrogens in our body today. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, that's why you do the work uh, that you do and I do the work that I do. And the, I think the good news about, about all of this is that there is a plethora now of shops and options of shopping, being enabling us to shop for clean products, right? You walk into certain health food stores, co-ops, um, Whole Foods, I, I don't think they have the cleanest products, but unless you know how to choose, there's a lot of online solutions, right? Of people really doing clean products. And so there is a lot of options these days. You just have to be somewhat educated on it. But, you know, it's not like, I still remember like 10 years ago, there was, 
you were like, you know, you had a, you had to have a hippie friend to go and make you cream <laughs> because yeah. everything else was like, was, you know, it's just like kind of crazy strong. So estrogen dominance, uh, lymphatic stagnation and inflammation, you're just overall inflamed. I mean, inflammation is obviously a huge topic. I'm sure you talk a lot about that in your, in your resources. I mean, everything from, you know, inflammatory diet, stress, past trauma, lack of sleep. I mean, medications that you're taking, right? Toxic relationships. I mean, all of those things can be contributing towards um, towards breast health. You know, I've had women tell us that in spite of a clean diet, taking supplements to address estrogen dominance, making all these changes, like the breasts just were not budging. And until they got a divorce, like this particular person got a divorce from a husband, walked away, Right. And with that, the whole stress and inflammation and all the toxicity from her life diminished to some degree. And this is when her breast started healing. Right. So, you know, we, I think we all have a little bit different uh, triggers. And then lymphatic, you know, lymphatic movement is like what I showed. This is a mechanical way of, of activating your lymphatic system, but also just like, you know, rebounding, being on a rebounder of just, or even like when you're standing in a line, you know, to waiting to pay or shopping somewhere, just, you know, just stand up on your feet and, and then just like do on the tippy toes and like bounce down and do, do this, you know, and that itself just, it just activates in a very gentle way, your lymphatic system, right? Yes. Yes. And exercise walking and exercising and yes. things like that, you know, stimulate yeah. circulation. Yeah. And so, and what about diet? So uh, a lot of people, their diets are just a mess. So how does diet affect your breast health? Yeah. So definitely is the inflammatory response, right? So, you know, um, I'm a big proponent of really starting off the diet with doing something highly anti-inflammatory because I think we can talk about adding things and those, but also removing things. So let's talk about removing things first. I'm a big proponent of doing a full elimination diet, which means you take out gluten, dairy, soy, corn, eggs, um, anything processed and packaged, you know, and, and reduce sugar as much as possible during this time. Um, and you know, there's so many cookbooks these days that are based on the elimination diet. I've written two of them. Um, and they're both available on Amazon and you could, you know, all the recipes are, are, um, based on the elimination diet that that's, can make a huge difference in a woman's life. On the other hand, you know, especially when it comes to breast health and addressing estrogen dominance, right? We want to surround ourselves with a lot of cruciferous vegetables. So the brassica family, um, which is like your cabbage family. So it would be like all your cabbages and kale and collard greens and arugula and radishes and turnips and watercress. And what am I missing? Bok choy, you know, those are like some of the uh, wonderful ones. Forget the goddamn lettuce, like throw the lettuce away. <laughs> it has no nutritional value. <laughs> it, it requires all this, you know, all these dressings and stuff in order to make it taste palatable, right? You're just totally wasting your, um, your time with, with lettuce, uh, use, you know, use collard greens, uh, sorry, use, uh, arugula instead, or, you know, use, um, uh, mustard greens as, as a substitute, you know, for, for really good salad. Right. Um, you know, the other thing I love adding to a protocol, uh, for specifically fastogen dominance is anything that is bitter has got a bitter profile because that's going to activate the liver and get the liver is when at where estrogens get metabolized. So I just want to clarify one thing. I'm just like a little insert here. You know, when I say estrogen dominance, it's a, it's, I think it's a great thing that we have a term for it these days that it, it you know, it encompasses all these symptoms and gives it a name. 
the bad side of it is that it has created a lot of bad name for estrogen. So a lot of women, you know, ever since they know they have estrogen dominance, they are like, flaxseed, no, right? You know, all the green vegetables, no, you know, and any kind of like even good quality soy, no, right? And so it, it doesn't quite work that way. In fact, you would not be able to sit here and listen to this podcast um, and sit up straight um, in your mind, for your mind to work, for your skin to function, for your bones to be strong if you had no estrogen. So estrogen is needed. That's what gives us cognitive functions, strong bones, beautiful skin, moist vaginas, you know, decent hair. I mean, all of that is estrogen, the quality of sleep, right? It makes us a woman. The problem is how we break down estrogens to what I like to call clean estrogens that are protective and helpful for us to function and dirty estrogens, which are the problematic ones, the pathogenic ones that create the symptoms we talked about. That's a lot of that happens in the liver. And so if you can support your liver by doing so, uh, by incorporating some uh, digestive like digestive bitters before a meal, um, you know, have a tea after having a meal, like dandelion root or burdock root. There is one herb called andrographis that it's called the um, the bitter queen in Ayurvedic medicine. It is unpleasantly bitter. However, you know, the more unpleasantly bitter something is, the, the more your, your liver is going to love it, right? So in the form of a tincture, a few drops, starting off with that, is just something that your liver is going to be so thankful for. Um, just simple things like that, you know, that you can just make a, a, a tea with those herbs that I mentioned um, and have that before or after a meal to, just to activate your liver. Yeah. I mean, the, the the bitter part of people's diet is it's largely absent in at least in the American yeah. diet. I mean, it's a part of a yeah. culture, part of, you know, a lot of cultures uh, diet is the bitter foods, but people, you know, a lot of people don't like bitter foods or they're super tasters and they avoid bitter foods like the plague, but you need to incorporate that. And like you said, it's amazing for your liver, your, your number one detox organ. And um, let's talk about uh, detoxification and breast health. So it, do you advise people detox to, to help with their breast health? Yeah, you know, indirectly for sure. I mean, you know, like the detoxes that you, you run, right. You know, and, and this like so many different forms of them. Um, I believe that every one of them is going to be, obviously is going to help, you know, in a, in a consequential way is going to get to the breast, right? Because let's not forget that the breast and any kind of hormonal changes you know, hormones don't just go out of whack just like that. It's a it's a sequence of events that happens prior to hormones going out of whack. That's why, for example, when we do tests, when I recommend testing for women, hormone testing is actually kind of like the last thing that I recommend. Like test a lot of other things prior to that. How toxic are you? What are your levels of different vitamins and minerals? What is the function? How is your liver functioning? How are your kidneys functioning, right? How is your magnesium levels? All of those things, that plays a huge role. Um, and so, you know, yeah, and correcting all of this. So detoxing and correcting a lot of the deficiencies, um, it definitely helps, you know, breast, breast health for sure. And any hormonal imbalance for that matter. Yeah. I mean, you're detoxing, you're getting rid of estrogenic chemicals that contribute problems and just, uh, you know, mineralizing your body, taking magnesium, which is super, super important and optimizing liver health as well. Um, and so you came up with an amazing, a, a brilliant, like set for women. It's called happy sisters. Can you talk mm. a little about that? 
Yeah. So, you know, we, so this is Happy Sisters. It comes in a box. Uh, by the way, the instructions on how to massage your breasts is right in here. It's actually a standy. You can put that in your bathroom um, and learn how to do it. Um, it comes with an educational booklet, what's what's in it and why. And it's basically consists of a cream and a supplement. So the cream is to really give you instant relief. We're using some really nice um you know, things in there. So root is definitely a big part of that. We're also using St. John's words. You can see it's light pink. Mm -hmm. I know the light here is not the best, but it's, it's actually the color of my my top. Um, so we kind of wanted it to make it like, you know, breast color, um, uh, nipple color sort of a thing. And, you know, it's just, it's really like a between a cream and a, a gel. And so it absorbs really quickly within um, two, three minutes is going to be gone. So you can then put on your bra and start your day right away. So I was just saying, um, so we've got poke root here that I was talking about. We've got uh, St. John's wort, which is highly anti-inflammatory. A lot of people know St. John's wort for depression. It actually lowers the inflammation in the brain. We're not we're using this topically, so it's not going to impact, um, it's going to not counter interact with any medications, but it's just hugely anti-inflammatory using black seed oil, nigella sativa, which in the Middle East is called the oil that fixes everything but death. Yes, um, yes. You know, we've got we've got castor oil in here and some really nice gentle essential oil, so it doesn't have a very strong aroma. Um, so that's really, you know, we've been having amazing results with women telling us that, like, after childbirth, there is a sensitive area that's been there for years. Women who have had uh, mastectomies or partial mastectomies, and there is parts of their breast that feels very stuck. They feel very protective over it. That finally things are beginning to move. They feel like they, they can be intimate again, you know, on both breasts and not be just like, oh, but don't touch the side here. Um, so yeah, so I'm I'm um, I'm very pleased. And we also also have GLA in it, gamma linoleic acids from from borage oil in here. Um, so, you know, when you put so many magical things in one, I think that's when the results really start happening quickly. Um, the supplement is, is addressing the root causes of the issue. So we've got stuff in here that addresses estrogen dominance, DIM, we have calcium duglucurate in here. We've got sulforaphane in here. Um, but also certain herbs that work specifically on the liver. So, for, so we have endographis in here, um, that actually helps to, um, you know how we talked about the estrogen being metabolized into the good estrogen or the bad estrogen, right? So it, it upregulates the body to skew the estrogen metabolism, to, metabolism towards the good protective estrogen and away from the bad one. So endographic play, plays a role here. Uh, we also have yerba santa, which is another herb that we have found to be having exactly the same function on the liver, just a different pathway um, that also helps to metabolize estrogen that way. We're using red root, um, which is a, fa a fabulous herb that helps to Im improve lymphatic movement in the body. So you have like a double, you know, benefit of you, you move the lymphatic system mechanically using your hand, using the cream. And then on the other hand, you're supporting your body on the inside with the movement of the lymphatic system. Um, and, you know, we've got some, and we've got magnesium in here as well. We've got calcium, I mentioned that. Um, magnesium, like, like you mentioned, is like, you, you just can't go wrong with magnesium. Um, and we do have borage oil. So like the similar, is actually better than evening primrose oil has got more gamma-linic acid in it. Um, so that lowers the inflammation. So really the it's, it's like these three strategies put into one bottle, estrogen dominance, lowering inflammation, uh, moving your lymphatic system all in one, you know, and I don't want to be like, um, I, I just want to make it really super clear that if you combine that with a clean diet, meaning 
when you have breast problems, just lay off alcohol for a while, reduce your sugar, just enjoy the abundance of good vegetables, learn to cook, you know, amazing meals with like really fresh uh, produce, organic produce, you cut down. Some women, coffee can make a huge impact on their breast health. Surprisingly, we've had women say, you know, I've tried it all. And then the last thing, because, you know, caffeine is it's a great drug, right? It's it is. It's kind of hard it, to it get really off is. it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like totally guilty. I, don't, I can't drink coffee, but, you know, I drink, I drink tea and that's my first thing in the morning. And I don't want to, you know, anyway, it makes me happy. So, but caffeine itself, I haven't found that to be that much of a problem. Is it coffee specifically that women report that their breast is, um, and their PMS, PMS is actually as well, the pain uh, during PMS, it has significantly reduced when they switch caffeine from coffee to some other caffeinated drink, like something like a matcha tea or, um, you know, black tea, white tea, et cetera. So, or green yeah, tea. So, I have some green know, tea you, right you, here. I'm drinking. You do. So I call it my liquid, nice. br- my liquid brain. <laughs> yeah so you know it's um it's that's i mean i think uh, you know and i'll just say one thing i mean i think sleep is also very underestimated in this whole equation especially and you know the problem also starts for women when we turn 45 there's a lot of things that are just not the same anymore our sleep is not the same and so you know find resources to really help you through sleep other than taking um just a whole bunch of herbs just to knock yourself out because typically that doesn't work very well you wake up two three hours later with a problem again so um yeah anyway so once you do i think the clean diet and support that with lymphatic massage and you know a good supplement that can help you address the estrogen component lymphatic uh issue and inflammation you know you're in a pretty good place yeah and i love that you became a a certified herbalist or you got your master's in herbalism i i believe but i saw i was following you when you were doing that and you've really educated yourself about herbs so i love that you came up with this happy sisters kit because i mean so many women they do have they have there's a lot of them that have wake-up calls and a lot of women that you know it's like one in three women i believe that have suffer from uh, breast cancer, or they have some sort of a benign tumor, or they have cysts. I mean, a, a lot of women are dealing with issues with their breasts, with their hormones, uh, with uh, with fibrocystic breasts and things of that nature. So uh, having a kit like this, using herbs of this nature uh, can really, really help kind of, you know, change, you know, and of course, lifestyle factors as well, like you talked about, can really help change the game for so many women. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's totally doable, you know, and one of the things I like about our breasts is that it is such a, um, you know, it's, it's, it's information for us, you know, like the way period can be information, right? Information isn't about our overall health. Breast is like one of the tissues that really tells us a story. It's like, you know, your sisters are talking to you saying like, Hey, I need some help here. And the likelihood is that when you improve your breast health, a lot of other things improve as well. You know, you suddenly start sleeping better because you're, det- I mean, you know, in order to fix your breast, like you need to detox to some extent too, right? Whether it's detox your lymphatic system, detox your, um, the ability of metabolizing estrogen. And then suddenly like everything else starts feeling better. Like your mood swings are not the same and, you know, and your period maybe might not be the same and your heart, fly- I forgot to mention heart flashes is one of the symptoms of estrogen dominance. Like then your heart flashes are not that bad anymore, completely gone. You're sleeping better, right? So it's not just the breast. It's like everything else is probably going to get an uplift. 
Yeah. And your breast, you know, because they are sensitive tissue, it's like, maybe there's maybe some of the first tissue to give you that cry for help that there's a systemic issue going on, you know? And so you got to pay attention to that and pay attention early. Don't wait and just ignore your body and ignore the breast tenderness and all these things that are going on until it just, there's this domino effect. Um, Can you tell us like a a little bit about why you developed the happy sisters kit? Um, because I felt like there was nothing like that in the market, um, you know, and there was like, you know, if I look for a breast solution and when I was in private practice, I'll be like, oh, where do I get you that cream? Because not everybody wants to go and infuse, you know, poke root into the oil. Right. And it's just, you know, a lot of women don't have time and patience about that kind of stuff. So then, you know, then I'll go on Etsy, but then like, I don't know where this person got the poke root from. Is it like from a side of a highway? you know, or like, is it truly organic that she says is organic? Like it just wasn't, um, it wasn't clear. And then, you know, and then on breast health, like I felt the supplements were like just pounding on one thing and that's estrogen, like estrogen clearance. Right. But they were not addressing the lymphatic side of things. They were not addressing, um, the inflammation components. So this is the reason why I thought there was nothing and nothing that really, address it, all the three reasons at the same time. But lastly, I would also say that, you know, in herbalism, we have a saying that if you want to um, heal faster and you get a better result, use something internally and externally at the same time. You know, it doesn't have to be the same herb, but just address the issue from inside and outside and you get this exponential um, healing happening. So in herbalism, we call it one plus one equals five. <laughs> Yes. You know, so you just take, you do two things and you get the results to being a five. Or sometimes it's also when you combine certain herbs together, you know, you do one herb, it does something, right? Do another herb later on, it does something. When you put these two herbs together, like you have this exponential results, right? That the body's just like, oh, so certain herbs, they really synergistically work together. In our case, for example, Pokerut and St. John's Ward, they're like best of buddies. And so, you know, that's why we get so many great results with um, with pain right away. We are playing around with a PMS formula right now, you know, and it's again, the Pokerut and St. John's that makes a big difference. Uh, when I add other things, they make like a little bit of a difference here and there, but it's really the, the, the you know, the holy duo, not trio, but duo in this case, um, are these two. So yeah, so that's that's a reason why you know I wanted to something comprehensive, uh, something that just generates results for women like re- really quickly. Yeah, I mean, I've been following your work for uh, at least twelve years. You you were talking about hormones and fo- really focusing on hormones and estrogen dominance, you know, a long time ago. And when you came out with your book, Overcoming Estrogen Dominance, I was like, yes, because it's it's a big issue, and I think it just it's not being addressed holistically, or it's not really being looked at or taken seriously by a lot of uh, yeah. conventional medical doctors, or they're just not, they're not doing the right testing or, you know, or they're just, you know, there's so many uh, holistic natural ways that you can address these things without just doing bioidentical hormone replacement, which is something that, you know, been recommended to me, but I'm like, but I just, that's not really what I like. That was recommended to me at 37. And I thought, well, it, that mm-hmm. just doesn't, didn't make any sense to me like at all. I'm, well, how do I just get my body working naturally? And producing the hormones and the levels that it's supposed to be producing, you know, for me, that's a more logical approach, you know, and that's the route yeah. that I, I took. But I love when you wrote this book. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about it? 
Yeah, um, I have it. I have it somewhere here. Um, yeah, that's the you can get it on Amazon. Overcoming estrogen dominance. So half of the book is like really explaining different conditions, and then the rest of it just show you that there's recipes at the back here. Um, it's like fifty something recipes. Um, so the book is written for women with fibroids, like um, lumpy fibrocystic breast, period problems, hot flashes, thyroid nodules, endometriosis, miscarriages, breast cancer, cellulite, stubborn hip fat. So like, tell us about it, like what we can like expect it. Yeah. I mean, it's a gorgeous book too. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. It's, I mean, we try to, you know, kind of make it fun too, and do, do like quite a lot of illustrations and photography and stuff like that so that it doesn't read like super heavy. Um, I've divided the book into specific protocols, you know, um, and, but it's, I always talk about the foundation of the protocol. So the foundation is really about fixing your gut, liver and balancing your blood sugar levels. It might sound like a lot of work, but we've developed the recipes and organized them in a way that you don't have to think about it. We've done the work for you. Meaning that when you look at your meal plan in the book, it takes care of your liver. It sets you up for good blood sugar balance. So for example, one thing that we do is we do only savory breakfasts, you know, no sugar for breakfast, right? That sets you up for really nice balanced blood sugar levels throughout the day. Um, women in our community would say, um, you know, in order to fix my nights, I had to change my mornings. And so what they refer to is just by changing their breakfast, they can sleep again, you know, which is like you would have you would have never thought that breakfast is going to make a difference in how you sleep, but actually can so, and then, you know, the, the book is an anti-inflammatory. So it, in many ways, it helps um, restore gut health in women. Of course, if you have some serious infections going on, then it's a different thing. You're going to go and see a doctor. But I feel like this is really lays the foundation for really, really good health. I have a feeling like you probably lived this way. I certainly lived this way. I don't feel in any way deprived in my life. Then it's like, oh, I really wish I had a croissant or I wish I had this and that and, you know, some sugary um, sugar dripping, um, you know, whatever bagel, like, I just don't care about that stuff anymore. It's just, I feel like, you know, when you feel good, you kind of get addicted to feeling really good. Um, and so, so this, that's, so I talk about the foundation in the book and then by doing the foundation, a lot of women start feeling better right away, meaning their breasts start changing, you know, get a lot healthier, their sex drive returns, their periods are getting regulated, the hot flashes disappear, right? But for some women, it's not enough. So, for example, if you talk about breast health, um, if you follow the protocol for two months, and that's because that's the length of the elimination diet, and you feel like, you know, something still isn't really happening, right? Like, I still feel like I my breasts have some issues and absent flows with my period. Then there is a whole protocol for breast health, what else you can do. And then we have specific supplements, specific herbs that you can add on. Uh, Wendy, let me give you an example. I have... Um, I have a dear friend who is a climber. Um, we're in Colorado, so a lot of women climb here. And she she's a master herbalist. Um, she actually knows a lot more about herbs than I do. She's been doing this for decades. Her mom was an herbalist. So she's very plugged into that world. Um, and as a climber, she had horrendously tender breasts. You're talking about like, don't touch me. I can't put on a bra kind of a thing for two weeks out of a month, right? So as a climber, it's a problem because you're so close to the wall, you're lifting your arms, you know, you're like close to the wall. Like, you know, I'm not a climber, but you can just, you can see when they do it, right? You just cannot climb when you have that kind of pain. She went to see numerous number of functional practitioners, um, naturopaths and et cetera. And, you know, I think everybody has a blind spot. 
and she's done all the whole diet thing. She's in fact, she's on AIP. So that's paleo for autoimmunity, very restricted diet. She's got, she's got some autoimmunity going on too. And, um, she's done dim. She's done all the magnesium. She's done, um, a lot of sulforaphane, resveratrol, um, NAC, right. I mean, done it all right. Nothing. And then, so she's, you know, telling me about this one day and I said to her, what about calcium deglucurate? She's like, what? I've got no bone problems. I'm like, no, no, it's, it's different. So that one supplement um, with her resistance, I ended up actually giving it to her from my house um, because she wouldn't buy it. She just thought it was just such a silly name, calcium deglucurate. Um, and it was just like literally within two weeks, all her breast pain was gone. Mm. So it was just that one thing that was missing, right? And so, and the reason why this was missing, just to explain is that there is a number of different pathways in the liver to clear estrogen. And one of the pathways is the glucuronation pathway. And the supplement that works really well on binding up estrogens in that pathway is calcium deglucurate or glucuronic acid. The supplement is called calcium deglucurate because the glucuronic acid needs to be um, connected to something as a carrier. So calcium just happens to be the carrier. So it's really not, you're not taking that for bone health by any means. This is just purely to support your glucuronation pathway in the liver to support your estrogen dominance. So, you know, so this is where, um, I mean, this is a what years of work and research has gone into this book to make sure that, you know, no, as far as I know, no leave goes unturned and it's pretty comprehensive. So if somebody has done it all and they still have issues, you know, whether it's fibroids, whether it's breast health, whether it's thyroid nodules, hopefully you can get an answer um, in the book here. Yeah, highly recommend it. If you have any hormone imbalance issues and just can't get a handle on it, go check out that book. I mean, this is like the best book on the subject for sure. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah, so Magdalena, tell us where we can learn more about your work. You have amazing blog posts on your website um, on hormonesbalance.com, um, but tell us more about where we can like find you, your book, uh, the Happy Sisters Kit, et cetera. Yeah, so um, a lot of information is on hormones within us, hormonesbalance.com. Um, and then if you're looking for the book, it's on Amazon, just enter, if you just enter Magdalena hormones on Amazon, I'm going to show up. And then, um, the supplements that we were showing happy sisters, that's on Wellena. That's our supplement brands, W E L L E N A.com. Um, so it's like wellness and Magdalena basically put together. My team came up with that name. Um, yeah. So that's where the products are available. And calcium mm -hmm. to blue create is there too. <laughs> okay, fantastic, fantastic. Well, Magdalena, thanks so much for coming on the show. Is there anything we left out that you want to mention? You know, um, thank you so much for having me and creating awareness about breast health, not to be ignored. Um, I, I, I was just saying, you know, your sisters are speaking up to you, uh, speaking out and asking for help. Just do something early as, as early as possible. You know, that's that's yeah. that's just really my message. Yeah. Cause I, I agree. I don't think just doing your yearly mammogram is enough. You know, I think there's, you know, if you're having any kind of symptoms, be proactive and, you know, you're listening to the show. So you are proactive, but yeah, there's probably, a lot of things. We're already probably preaching to the choir. I have it. Yeah. We're preaching. Yeah. We're preaching to the choir, but yeah, but there's a lot of things that you can do. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we just came out of like the time we are recording this, this is like, you know, we just, we just coming out of, um, 
October, the whole, you know, pink ribbons, breast health, breast cancer awareness month, which, you know, which just makes my stomach turn. Um, yeah. And so we renamed it to October, the breast health awareness month, because month, month, because you're going to be aware how important your breast health is. Um, and, you know, are we not aware the breast cancer already is an issue? I think we well are. And really what they are doing during that month is pushing mammograms. So I think there's a lot more as women we can do than just be told to do a mammogram every year. Yeah, there's a lot more that we can do for sure. And and it's a systemic thing. We want to be worrying, you know, working on our hormones, not just for our breasts, but for our whole system as well. Uh, but Magdalena, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, really love your wisdom and expertise on the subject and on hormones. Uh, so everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to, to this week's uh, Myers Detox podcast. I'm Dr. Wendy Myers, and I will talk to you guys next week. The Myers Detox Podcast is created and hosted by Wendy Myers. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Wendy Myers and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.